stepping to the plates with her walk-up music. One of our all-time favorites. You see her on Bally Sports Wisconsin. And last night, one of my favorite players when I was a kid won his 200th game. 78-year-old Adam Wainwright. Which was not ideal for the Brewers, but they still moved one step closer to their clinching magic numbers despite a 1-0 loss in St. Louis. It is Sophia Minard. Sophia, good morning. How are you today? Hi, guys. Doing well. How are you? Yeah, not, not, not a great night last night, right? Not ideal, but still moving closer to the postseason. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, not not ideal. I think the offense has been quiet the last two days. Um, you know, the two to one loss, an extra innings Sunday to the Nationals, and then last night the one to nothing shutout. Um, Adam Wainwright was really good, as you said. Not not quite seventy eight years old, even though it maybe feels like he's been the league. Forty two. But yeah, forty two. Yeah, forty two. Yep. Um, his two hundredth career win. So. He he was really good, um, and the Brewers didn't uh, didn't do enough offensively to make it a difficult night for him, and grounded into three double plays. So you're on uh, on to the next day here. Uh, I don't want to ask about any sort of promotions that might be coming up at uh, Amfam Field because then I get teased for asking for uh, bobbleheads and stuff. So. Where are they in the loss column? Because I know that'll get Tausch oh, interested. Boy. He loves to know where do they stand in the law, lo- how many up in the loss column they are. Do you follow that statistic as closely as Old Boy does? Um, I do not really follow the loss column. Um, the Brewers today are eighty-four and sixty-six. The division lead, which I focus on, is six. Um, the Cubs were off yesterday, so they didn't give up any ground. Uh, the Cubs are hosting the Pirates and the Rockies this week. Fear scoreboard watching this week. Um, so, yeah, the division lead is six. And uh, you'll be seeing a lot of the Cardinals seven times in the next 11 days. A big weekend series here against Miami. Miami's still very much in the playoff picture. Um, and, then, and then back home to see the Cardinals and the Cubs again. All right, so, Sophia, I... I was going to say, I think this thing is wrapped up. I know you're not going to say that and everybody else, but when do you start thinking about you know, you winning, you're going to win the division. When do you start thinking about setting up the rotation that you want for that pro, what is going to probably be that three-game series? Is that something that you think Craig Council's thinking about, or is it still, we got to keep the foot down and finish this thing off? Yeah, I think, look, they're they're making decisions every day on that. Um, you know, tonight, for example, they're they're sticking with the six-man rotation. So Trevor McGill is going to be the opener, which he was last Wednesday, and then you expect to get a, a couple of innings from Colin Ray. He was excellent his last time out in that role. He went four and two-thirds, gave up one run. Um, part of that is they're in the middle of this stretch of, of 17 straight games before their off day on Monday. And that's their, their last off day um, before the postseason. So, like, when you're looking at the schedule, it's like get through, you know, you map out your pitching for the week of, of what that looks like. I think after this bullpen day today, you'll have Adrian Hauser and Wade Miley, some combination of that order. And then you'll, you know, you'll start from the top of the rotation again over the weekend. 
with with Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff and Freddie Peralta, and that, that gets you into your off day on Monday. Um, so it's like you you kind of stick to your schedule. They've been really mindful about how they're using their relievers at, during this stretch. It's been essentially an every-other-day rhythm. Um, they feel like that's really important to get these guys, as much as they can, a break during this stretch without off days. So it's like when you look at the schedule, it's, you know, you've got six until the off day. You have 12 regular season games left. And then you hope that if you lock up the division, like you said, you're hosting that wild card round, which would begin Tuesday. Um, so it's like you, you're, you're making decisions to win the game so that you can lock up the division and, and get that locked up. But you're, you're also keeping an eye on, like, okay, how does it line up and how much do you push these guys? How much do you keep them in their regular routines? They're all benefiting from an extra day of rest right now while they're going through this six-man stretch. Uh, and, then, and then you hopefully line it up for, for starting October 3rd. Um, and you hope that you can get a handful of starts from them you know, moving forward uh, to, to ultimately get to where they want to go at the end of October. So it's, it's a lot of decisions being made right now. Um, and it really just starts with, like, getting through the stretch, getting to Monday. Hopefully they can have the division secured. Um, and, then, and then you can really start having those conversations, like, in earnest. Talking with Sophia Minert from Bally Sports, Wisconsin. All right, I've got three questions for you. Uh, one is serious, the other two uh, slightly less serious. Let's start with the serious one. You know I'm a yelly guy. Uh, I know there's some discussion with his back about putting him on the IL and backdating it a little bit, and they're trying to figure that out. But I also know we've talked about his back a lot over the years, last several years. How big of a concern is this? Because we're sitting here talking about setting up playoff pitching rotations, and I think having him healthy is awfully important. Where do things stand with him as you know it right now? Yeah, uh, look, today's today a big day because they ultimately have to make a decision with Christian. He has missed nine of the last ten games going back to the Yankees series on the last road trip. Um, you know, the back just it just tightened up on him um, that Saturday morning, and he was out for six games. He tried to come back Friday night at home and just – just didn't look like himself. Um, you could tell he wasn't 100%, but he, he did really want to try to get out there and play. And sometimes you don't know, right, and, until you get out there. Um, you know, he was hoping maybe if he got out there and it could loosen up and he could get through it and kind of what that would mean for the next day. But ultimately it just didn't work out. So he's been out of the lineup the last three days. And why that is significant is you can retroactively place a player on the injured list, but the maximum is three days. So that's why they have to decide today whether um, to hope that he can get better in the next two days and maybe be available by the weekend in Miami, or you put him on the IL retroactive through those three days, and that gives him the rest of the week, and then he would be eligible to come off the IL Tuesday when they open up the homestand. So that's the decision that they're ultimately making today. I don't. We have not heard yet um, what that decision will be. Um, you know, they are optimistic. Like, I don't, this is, they're not expecting this to be season ending. So I think they very much expect to get Christian back. Um, and I think what is really frustrating for Christian is that he has felt improvement. 
yesterday he was out he was out running he was hitting in the cage he's doing a lot he's getting a lot of treatment he's doing everything he can to get out there it's just not improving as fast as what he would want so we'll uh we'll find out later today um again don't know anything yet but um you know it's just the good news is they're getting great production from Marcana, Tyrone Taylor, Cal Freelick, um, and they've been winning, you know, during this stretch where they've been at without him essentially for the last 10 days. All right, so you mentioned Marcana. Um, mm-hmm. I saw I saw the Grand Slam. Uh, much Granny like, Canna. Granny Canna, they call him. Uh, much like Jesse Orozco's glove that I don't think ever came down after they won the 86 World Series. I never. I I must have missed it. His bat flip. The bat did come down eventually, right? I think it did. It may have come down in like a walk, but I think it did come down. As bat flips go, goat of bat flips for you that you've seen in your time doing this job. It was a pretty good one for for a regular season game, and we were we were just recording our Brewers Unfiltered podcast with Adam McKelvey and, and Tim Ziller this morning, and you know we don't know obviously what what's going to happen the rest of the way, but that was clearly one of the most like the more signature moments of the season. I mean, the building just blew up. The reaction from the dugout, Mark's reaction, the bat flip. Um, how much he enjoyed that moment. He tweeted about it after. But Adam said, too, you know, like, when we look back on the season and, and hopefully it's a deep postseason run, like, that might be one of the all-time moments in the stadium, right, like, for a regular season game. So, um, and I, I, actually, I, I agree with him, um, you know, because it was, it was a huge win. Um, it secured another series. The Cubs were losing. They ended up getting swept over the weekend. So it's like, you know, it was just – the team's going in different directions. It was just a huge moment. So uh, a lot of fun. Love those moments. You don't get a lot of them over the course of a long season. But, like, a moment like that from a new player to win a game, I mean, that's, it's like it's like what kids, you know, play in the backyard for, right? Like, you, you play out that scenario of, like, game on the line, bases loaded, and you deliver that moment, and you, you get to enjoy it. So, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Flip that bat. Yeah. Sophia – some fans here a little bit nervous if it's the Cubs in that first round series. I know players won't tell you that, but would they rather? You think would you? And do you think the players would they rather play somebody else, or do you think they'd welcome the Cubs and all that entails with the rivalry and everything else? You know, it's funny because I mean, the Cubs have really kind of taken a nosedive here in uh, in September, and they just had a really tough road mm-hmm. trip. They lost to the Rockies on the road. They got swept um, against the Diamondbacks, and now they're home uh, to play the Pirates and the Rockies again. Um, and then, by the way, they go see the Atlanta Braves um, before they come to Milwaukee. So they've got um, a tough road ahead to try to make up any ground uh, against the Brewers. But um, in terms of the postseason schedule, what, what would be really odd to me about if it was the Cubs in that wild card round is it's just you don't play a team like that, right? Like you're going to finish with them on the regular season, and then there's going to be one day off, and that wild card round is going to start Tuesday. Like to play a team six consecutive games, um, that's what the AAA season is, but. That is definitely not what the major league season is. And I just think, you know, in baseball, like so many weird things can happen in a six game stretch like that. And to 
see a team that often, like matchup-wise, is so unusual. Um, I think we're all expecting a huge environment, huge crowds. I think it's sold-out games uh, for the regular season weekend. I would expect it to be the same uh, for the postseason, probably even more amped up with, with the Brewers and the Cubs rivalry. But I think, look, Brewers fans have always shown up great at the end of the year, especially in the postseason. Um, you know, I think the Reds could be a really intriguing matchup if it's the Reds. The Marlins are a tough team. Like you're looking at all these possible matchups, and uh, I think all of the series will be will be really compelling. All right, Sophia. Before we let you go, uh, you know that I'm extremely jealous of you. Uh, you've got a really cool job that you're amazing at. You're as good as it gets at that job. Uh, you have a great dad and coach Al, who I love. But I'm not sure I've ever been more jealous of you than when you posted on Instagram those uh, shoes that you got for Seveseros nights. Mm-hmm. Those are some... Sw- I, I, I'm not in the uh, tax bracket to be doing a lot of sneakerhead like uh, Keyshawn Nixon in the Packers <laughs> locker room. And there's a few other guys that spent a lot of money on shoes. But you got these... They're, they're like... They're specially made just for you, right? They're they're these Nike mm-hmm. Air Force Ones, are they? Yes, good sneakerhead drop there. All right, yeah, um, that's, yes. that's me. Yeah, fifty-one-year-old sneakerhead guy with my hat you on backwards it, today. David. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what? what t- tell me a little more about this and and the person who did it because I thought these were really sweet. You can see them on Sophia's Instagram if you haven't seen them, but it was pretty. You got the horses running with the sun setting in the background. I, I I've never seen shoes quite like these. Yeah, well, okay, I should say I, um, you know, the Brewers celebrated Cerveceros Night, which they do every year, and it's always in conjunction with the start of Hispanic Heritage Month. So it actually really started with Freddie Peralta and Willie Adamas because they did custom pleats with a Milwaukee artist named Brandon Johnston, um, and he's from S2S Creation. So uh, they did these custom pleats, which they wore Friday night and are now being, they're going to like a sneaker showcase called Culture by Design, um, they're going to be, these cleats are going to be auctioned off. The proceeds are going to go to BCF. Um, and so they were working on that and it was so cool to see what they came up with and really personal touches that the artists did. They were just awesome. They were really cool for Freddie and Willie. Um, and then I was approached, um, by the team about doing a pair of sneakers from another Milwaukee artist. His name is Noel Alvarado. Um, you can find him on, on Twitter and Instagram. But he's, uh, he's a Milwaukee native, and he is a huge sports fan. He's done some things for the teams in the past, and he was kind enough to uh, want to be involved in the night and did these sneakers for me. Um, my mom being from Costa Rica and all of our family living there, just having spent a ton of time there in my life. So he did an incredible job, like the sunset theme, the colors, um, Ticos, which is like the nickname for Costa Rican people, Pura Vida, which means like good life, pure life. Um, that's sort of their national mantra. Um, and then the horses and the beach. And he just, he worked in so many incredible details, the Costa Rican flag on the tongue. Um, so it was such a special gift. I was so grateful. He did an incredible job. Um, I actually think our, our first base coach, coach Quentin Berry, is now reaching out to him to maybe get a little uh, little postseason sneaker. So I think that could be really fun. Um, but, yeah, it was very cool and uh, a great night overall. Well, your shoe game was definitely on point. You're always on point when you spend time with us. Thanks, Sophia. We appreciate you. Thank you. Have a great day. 
That is Sophia Minnert from Valley Sports Wisconsin. We will continue with Woe Nelly. Jesse, are you going to uh, are you going to disagree with Sophia on her assessment of great moments at Amfam Field slash Miller Park? Oh, let's ask. Yeah, let's ask his dad because yeah. I think he ushered there. And I was there for, for at least five better ones, like easily five to ten come to mind that are better than Mark Hanna's Grand Slam. What are we doing? I agree with Jesse. There were three I, alone in 2008 that were better than that in the final week of the season. When did Prince do? When did Prince do that thing and then everybody yep, fell down? That's and, one of them. Prince's walk off with the bowling pin ex- bomb type thing, whatever that was. was uh, Dan Vogelbach's Grand Slam was a walk off against the Cardinals, and they were both playoff contenders. That My year. batting practice home runs mm-hmm. that I hit <laughs> in in right. uh, in whose pants again? I'm not. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I have to read, look at that, but I think they're CC's pants. Okay, just wanted to confirm. Well, Nelly is next. It's Wildey and Tausch. Wildey and Tausch is presented by Tito's Handmade Vodka, America's original craft vodka produced in Austin, Texas, and naturally gluten free.